Welcome back to Stafford Matthews, episode eight. As always, Joe Stafford, Chris Matthews, former Seahawk and Raven. Chris, he's back in California. Cali boys back home. What's going on? Yes, sir. Man, it feels great. It feels warm. Um, still a little bit. It's a little bit chilly, I guess, because you know the fire and stuff like that. So I think the weather's trying to take it over. But I put my sweater on. There we so go. We got here. You know. <laughs> And, and for our viewers on YouTube, someone got you right on your cut, too. You're not looking like a homeless anymore. I love it. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you know, I can only give the gracious, the graciousness I have for my barber, L. The barber. If you want to know, look him up on Instagram, L. Great Barber. There we go. There we go. Uh, Chris, just for our viewers who don't know, what were you actually doing out in, in Colorado? What was kind of your business out there with the NFL media market? Well, that's something, uh, honestly, doesn't need to be talked about on here. Oh, and the DL. Yeah, we set him up here. Stafford and Matthews keeps it low-key. We love it out here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we had a great week seven of football here, starting with Thursday Night Football. And, Chris, the curse is finally over. The, the monkey's off my back. I finally picked a Thursday Night Football game right. Philadelphia did not let me down, but they almost gave me a heart attack in this game. Almost, almost. Almost. 22-21 final score. And before we get into anything analytical-wise, can we just talk about how Daniel Jones stumbled on an 80-yard touchdown and just (laughs) fell down? That was was hilarious. Like, I know that feeling of, like, oh, I'm running as hard as I can (laughs) (laughs) I was dying laughing watching that on TV. I was like, he just broke an 80-yard run. And obviously, I'm having palpitations because I picked the Eagles again. I'm like, all right, here comes Thursday night Joe Stafford over here. Monkey SO on the back. You know, I'm going to brand myself Mr. Thursday night. That's what I'm going to call myself from now on. Um, But, yeah, Dan Jones falls down, losing the game. Uh, Not partly because of that, but just because of how incompetent their defense was towards the end of this game. We're also getting the kind of stats here, right? Carson Wentz, who I will say is really bouncing back from his terrible start at the beginning of the year here. He was 25 at 43. 359 yards, a couple scores in a pick here, and rushing the ball. He also had seven rushes for 14 yards and a score as well. Three touchdowns again for the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. What did you see from the Eagles offense, specifically from Carson Wentz? Well, I seen that he was out there trying hard out there. Like, he was running the ball, getting hit left and right. I'm like, this guy doesn't learn from any of his other hits. Like, you need to chill out with that a little bit, but Overall, I felt like they were they were trying to make some progressions, and then you know it kind of just started falling off towards the end. Uh, um, you know, uh, the Giants they definitely were playing their part in the first half of the game, but the, the Eagles' defense is something that is beyond me. It's some it's something that I like. They were running the ball all over them. Like I don't know what they were doing inside if they were tired or what it was, but. That's something that they that they need to rectify immediately, especially with the linebackers they have out there. A hundred percent, I agree with you there. And speaking of that, can we talk about Daniel Jones on the ground the past two weeks? He's averaged seventy yards or more on the ground. Is is he a scrambling quarterback now? He's out there with Lamar Jackson. I'm about to say, like, like what is going on with Daniel Jones? I mean, credit where credits due. He actually had a phenomenal football game to his standards: twenty of thirty, 187 yards, a couple scores, and a pick, and led the the uh, gangrene. Not a gangrene. Uh, the Giants in the ground four rushes, 92 yards, one of which was an 80 yard run. Where I guess yeah, and he fell down. Uh, 23 yards to carry, which is just 
mind blowing. Um, but he's starting to get some mobility around him. I, I really like that side of Daniel Jones, and he needs to show that a little bit, especially considering he's compensating for the loss of Saquon Barkley in a really lifeless Giants offense. But Philly gets the win no matter what. And again, we want to single out one guy. A couple weeks ago, you would have never known his name, but Travis Fulcom. Five receptions, yeah. 73 yards as well on 11 targets. This is the, the third or fourth game here where he's had a, a very productive stat line. And, and he's one of the real reasons why they won this football game here. So shout out to Travis Fulgham in an exciting Thursday night showdown here. And Mr. Thursday night gets his first W on the season. I'm feeling great about that. I'm feeling great about that. Uh, you ride that to the bank, aren't you? I'm literally, I'm, that, that's all I want, Chris. I'll get a tattoo over my back or something, Mr. Thursday night. <laughs> Put on a shirt or something. Anyway, here. You get to put the jersey on. But. Exactly. Now you're back in Cali. I want that Chris Matthews signed jersey in the background. <laughs> I'm waiting on it. I'll give you my address. Anyway, here. Uh, Sunday – or not Sunday football. Sunday slate of game started with a phenomenal football game, the Steelers and the Titans. We knew last week it was going to be a phenomenal football game. We had no intention of uh, downplaying this kind of game. But what a game it was. 27-24 final score. Pittsburgh takes the W. And I was really shocked by one crucial element of this. Pittsburgh's ability to shut down Derrick Henry. And, and while and while Derrick Henry still has 75 yards on the ground, almost four yards of carry, mm-hmm. you know, judging by his past few games, that's a severe disappointment. And really the only way that the Titans were going to win this game was to ride the coattails of King Henry. And that just did not happen. What did you see from the Steelers' defense and their scheme specifically and how they're able to shut down one of the most effective running backs in the NFL. Well, I said it before, Joe. Uh, they were giving me real reminiscent memories of the Steel Curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys are out there. They knew they knew what the plan was, and it was to put hats on the ball. Every time you see that big guy hit that hit that cut. We need hats on the ball. You see, they were playing one-on-one outside. You know, basically, uh, just daring, uh, just daring the the offense to throw the ball on the outside. But you still have Derrick Henry. I mean, uh, not Derrick Henry, but uh, uh, Joe Hayden out there, who was playing amazing out there. Then you also you also have Fitzpatrick on the other side. He was doing good until you know his little rendezvous in with uh, injury, but. Uh, I think that I think that you know Steelers they're playing amazing and they're riding right off that defense just how they're supposed to with their whole culture of defense and here and here it is is showing again this uh, this year. Most definitely, and here's kind of not my excuse, but the reason why I've been clowning Ryan Tannehill for I think close to a year now, right? We all know Derrick Henry is the focal point of this offense, and I think this game proves it. Because a couple, I mean, up to a couple of weeks ago here, Ryan Tannehill's throwing four touchdowns a game, 300 yards passing. And everybody's like, oh, wow, he's the real deal. He is the franchise quarterback. They are paying him to be. But now you look at the style on here, 18 of 30, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. But that's what you're used to seeing from Ryan Tannehill. It's the game manager type play style that made him so popular in Miami. And you're seeing in Tennessee now, when the run game gets shut down, Ryan Tannehill cannot, you know, beat these teams through the air especially against teams like Pittsburgh, who has an elite-level defense, like you said, reminiscent of the Steel Curtain. So that's where I started to get concerned about the Titans here. They're still a top-five team in my book. Pittsburgh's probably top three, and that's the reason why they came up with the victory uh, on Sunday here. But look at, that, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers stat line. They were not mistake-free. I want to emphasize that right away. 
Ben Roethlisberger, 32 of 49, 268 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. Three turnovers for Big Ben, and that's a credit to the Tennessee Titans defense as well. They played phenomenally. Kevin Byers, one of the best pick artists in the NFL. It's safety there, and they have a lot of different pieces as well uh, in their linebacking core, uh, not to mention all of that stuff. But still an interesting game from Pittsburgh, especially considering they did end up winning the game, but it was definitely more defensive-oriented and run-game-oriented uh, for the Steel Curtain, at least through my view here. So a very, very effective game for Pittsburgh, especially considering the Browns Browns won. So they needed to keep pace with them, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I hear you, man. They uh, Steelers is showing is showing great, man. Like they like they're playoff ready. To be honest with you, uh, the offense um, it was looking a little bit shaky, but you know Big Ben figured it out, uh, got it to his receivers. Uh, even Dante Jones, I think he had 15 targets that whole mm. game, like. Do you like? Do you know how bad a, re, a receiver from, let's say, uh, uh, from where I came from, Seattle or even Baltimore, like fifteen targets? Fifteen, mm-hmm. like that is a lot. Receivers gotta love being out there with Big Ben for yeah, sure. Not to mention that. Uh, going to the next game here, Washington and Dallas. Wow. That's the one where I want to say, wow, 25 to 3. The Washington football team takes down America's team 25 to 3 and both improved to 2 and 5. I'll use the you know the word improve very lightly here because Dallas is in a shit show right now. Andy Dalton goes down with a horrific injury. Uh, Brandon Boss, not Brandon Bostic. I almost said Brandon Bostic. Um, John Bostic, I believe his name is the linebacker, has a dirty hit on Andy Dalton and he gets his you know his helmet knocked off. Very Joe Flacco esque when he was in uh, Baltimore. Tico Alonso did the same thing. Dirty hit. Hate to see it's really any quarterback, but especially to, to the Dallas Cowboys and Andy Dalton specifically. They don't have a passer now at all. I mean, to be fair, they didn't have a passer before because Andy Dalton sucks at football as well. But you still have, and you're out, you know, further removed from being uh, kind of the division leader now. Philadelphia has a big victory against uh, against the Giants here. They're now in the driver's seat for this division, no matter how you slice and dice it. And now Dallas has to deal with Andy Dalton not being able to play this week. But then having to deal with him the rest of the season if he even comes back healthy because he's not game ready at all as well. So what are your impressions of this game from Washington and specifically what it means for Dallas moving forward when it comes to playoff seating? Uh, for Dallas, the defense is going to have to drastically change. Uh, they're going to have to go out and find somebody before the trade deadline comes. And, and it has to be a big enough splash to where you kind of have to, you know, you might have to overpay. I don't know. Or you might have to take a little bit extra from some of these guys who, uh, you know, distributes, you know, I mean, that, 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 that has problems off the field. You never know. You know, those are chances that you might have to take, you know, being Dallas and, Showing like showing that you can't just run and do and throw the ball whenever you want. Like we have somebody here in place. Like I said, I can't give you a for sure name. Uh, maybe Earl Thomas. I don't know. I was gonna bring him up. As you know, it's a lot of people out there, and things just have to change for Dallas for sure. But I want to talk about the Redskins. Redskins played an amazing game. You're talking about DJ McKissin five for thirty five. On the on the ground, and then he turns around and gets two for sixteen in the air. Like he's he's a he's a player that I like that I enjoy watching. Uh, play you know play on a Washington team and uh, show promise out of him. 
And not to mention the rookie, Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown as well. Yeah. 6.4 yards a carry. The run game is definitely working for Ron Rivera and company. Also, before I forget, shout-out to Ron Rivera. Finished his final Ooh. cancer treatment uh, a couple days ago. So, shout-out. We stand with Ron Rivera and finishing his treatment during the season, by the way. That's a very complicated, strenuous process, I'm sure, to deal with cancer treatments, IV treatments at halftime during these games, and managing a team as poor as Washington is. So, shout-out to Ron Rivera. We're very happy to see you. You, you you progressing through your, your treatment. So shout out to Ron Rivera. One thing I will say though, Kyle Allen also had a very, very good game. 15 and 25, 194 yards, a couple scores, but the most important part, zero turnovers. If Washington wants to make a push for this NFC East division, they need to avoid turning the football over. And that's yes. advice a lot of teams could use, especially the Patriots, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> and, I, and Chris, I don't want to talk about it a lot. So I, I will, I'm going to go mute a little bit when we talk about it, just so you know. But speaking of the AFC East, the Bills and the Jets, 18-10 final score. Buffalo takes the W. But this was a close game, and it should not have been a close game. I think it speaks volumes about what Josh Allen's limits are. Josh Allen, beginning of the year, is an MVP candidate. Not even Dark Horse, legitimate MVP-type quarterback. And since then, it has been very, very unimpressive. This game was 30 of 43, 307 yards, no scores, no picks. That's a very average stat line considering where he was just a couple of weeks ago in terms of quarterback hierarchy. The Jets almost knocked them off. That's a huge moral defeat while you look at the W. Morally, you got to be demoralized by that. The Jets stink. They stink out loud. And you you almost let them beat you? You only got to the lead in a second half. It's like what the hell is going on, Buffalo? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what was going on. Maybe they were uh they took they, they didn't, you know, they didn't take advantage of the same time zone that they have. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. They the the Bills the Bills were playing very subpar. Uh, defense wasn't really doing much out there. Uh, it made it made uh, Sam Darnold look like a pro out there, actually. Mm. You know, he that's exactly what he looked like for a little bit. But, um, yeah, the Bills came out with a win, which wasn't a surprise to me. I just didn't know that they were going to take it, you know, I mean, let it get down to this close. It was so, so close. I think one of the main reasons why is that they weren't able to get Stephon Diggs the, the, the reception that he needed to get. They targeted him a lot. Second most in the team was 11 targets, but he only had six receptions for 48 yards. Stephon Diggs throughout his entire year has proven that he is the number one off uh, weapon for this offense, bar none. And I have no problem saying that. That being said, if you don't feed your number one target, your offense is going to struggle. I think this proved to me that Stephon Diggs is the lifeline of this offense. And if they can't get him targets early in the game or get him going early in the game in general, they're going to be in some uh, some deep waters here. The fact that Cole Beasley caught 11 passes for 112 yards, Stephon Diggs only had 48 yards, is, is mind-boggling <laughs> to me. Um, but still, uh, still a very impressive game from Gang Green, I will say. Sam Darnold was 12-23, 120 yards. Zero touchdowns and two picks. A pedestrian day at best for Sam Darnold. And the running game wasn't really that impressive either, given Frank Gore's 50 years old. He had 11 ru- uh, rushes for 60 yards, no scores, but 5.5 yards a carry. That is a lot in the odometer. A lot. He has a lot of tread in those tires. I want to get Frank Gore in this podcast. Have him endorse us for Stafford and Matthews, uh, GM and president of the New York Jets. I would love that endorsement. We got to holler at them. We got to. We got to. Hey, I'm using your account. I got, I got like 12, <laughs> I got like 1,800 followers. You got like 50,000. Uh, but anyway, here. Next in the docket was the Panthers and the Saints. Another close game. 27-24 final score. A very important divisional game for both teams. And New Orleans walks away with the W but a very, very close W. 
Uh, Drew Brees, 29 of 36, 287 yards and a couple scores. And on the ground, Alvin Kamara was 14 carries at 83 yards, no scores of 5.9 yards a carry, and through the air added 65 yards on eight receptions. Alvin Kamara is just unfreaking believable at football. He is so good at what he does. It's really, it really is crazy. And it showed how much Christian McCaffrey was missing from this Carolina offense by seeing Kamara do the same thing, the same goddamn thing that uh, McCaffrey does every single week for them. So, what were your impressions of this game, and what does it mean for Carolina now going to three and four with the Buccaneers? on the rise in the same division uh it means that it's an important game that's coming up for them uh you know this is this this game also was important for them and they they fought hard i'm not going to sit there and act like you know they didn't go out there and you know and take care of business uh they did they showed up but you know that defense that's that that same uh that new orleans defense is unlike no other you know they're they're special in their own in their own way and they showed it this uh this season i mean this whole season honestly and you know they end up with a win saints end up with a win definitely in carolina to their credit teddy bridgewater 23 of 28 254 yards and a couple scores no picks that's definitely better than a game manager type stereotype that's been given over his career but the reason why he had a pass so much the rushing game was non-existent. The leading rusher, Mike Davis, seven carries for 12 yards, 1.7 yards a carry. That is disgusting by any standard. Um, so they're definitely missing Christian McCaffrey. It is good news now that they have designated him to return off the IR for next week's game. Um, so definitely look out for Carolina to make it maybe a comeback effort here in this crowded, and I will say crowded, NFC South. Next, definitely. Next game on the docket here, the Packers and the Texans, 35-20 final score. Houston falls to 1-6, and six, and that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, continues his crusade against everyone in the NFL. 23-34, 283 yards and four touchdowns. And the main guy for him, Devontae Adams, makes a triumphant comeback. 13 receptions, 196 yards and a couple scores. Can this Packers offense be stopped? Uh, I mean, no, they can't. I knew that they couldn't stop them. I just thought that uh, Houston was going to come out with a little bit more heat, especially after their win uh, the, uh, the this past week. Uh, that's what I was hoping for. I didn't get it. So and I picked wrong on this, and I knew I was feeling it in my gut. I was, as soon as I ended the conversation with you, I was like, damn, I should have just stuck with Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, but I was just feeling it. You know, sometimes you get that feeling inside of you, like, I got to go for it. I'm going. No, I got you. I got you. I went for it. I, I came up wrong. You know, Green Bay, they showed out. They showed out. <laughs> Pretty much a Devontae Adams show, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a beast. I knew that from the get-go. And I've been calling for him, you know, letting, letting everybody know he's the best uh, quarterback in the game right now. Definitely. And now you're missing you're missing Aaron Jones this game, but Jamal Williams picks up the slack, 19 carries, 77 yards and a score as well. And AJ Dillon, former BC boy, adding a couple on the ground as well here. On the Texas side of the football, DeAndre, uh, Deshaun Watson actually didn't have a terrible day. 29 of oh. 39, 309 yards, a couple scores, no picks. The run game has always been the problem for this team so far. It is not keeping the offense moving forward. And David Johnson is the main culprit when it comes to that. 14 carries for 42 yards and no scores. They need a more productive run game. I think it has to do with the offensive line as well, in part. There's a lot of blame to go around. But until this Texans team has a, not an elite-level runner, but someone who can just move the chains for Deshaun Watson and get to the play action moving forward, they're not going to be successful. That's why they're 1-6 right now, in my view. Receiving-wise, our boy, 
is Y'all showing out. Randall Cobb, eight receptions. They got somebody that can get him. They can get the chains going. I'm about they to say somebody. eight receptions for 95 yards, no scores, but 10 targets. 80 percent of the targets he caught. Stafford and Matthews, guest number one, is balling out right now this past couple of weeks here. And the, honestly, the receiving core in Texans is trying to show me here that they're not worthy of being traded. David Johnson, on um, uh, receiving wise, actually didn't have a bad day. Four receptions, 42 yards, and a score as well. Will Fuller, whose actually his name has been on the rumor mill for trades as well. Yeah. Three receptions, 35 yards, and a score. Brandon Cook, seven receptions for 60 yards. There was plenty of balls to go around this game. But the reason why is a bad reason is because they can't run the fucking football. And until you can do that, they're not going to win football games. And this was the number one example of it. You hit it right on the head. As I always do. As I always do, Chris. (laughs) Anyway, here, the next game here, the Bengals and the Browns, which was probably the most exciting game outside of Sunday Night Football. 37-34 final score. Baker Mayfield, who I ragged on last week, and I will continue to rag on, by the way. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm sticking to my guns here. It was a good game, and I will give credit where credit's due. Baker Mayfield had a phenomenal football game, and I will give him that credit. But he's not good at football. Well, I mean, it's only phenomenal, and I hate to shit, I hate to shit on him, but it's, it's the Bengals. Come on. <laughs> Y'all know that they are not the best defensive team over there, so – we can keep on going, man. I don't, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I will shout out, though, Baker Mayfield, 22 of 28, 297 yards and five touchdowns. And, and to be frank here, starting the game out was 0 for 5 for no yards and a pick. That's a pretty tremendous comeback for a stat line. That's yeah. like that, that's all time. If you start a game on over five with a pick, almost a pick six, and you turn into five touchdowns for almost 300 yards passing, that's a good day in my book. I will give him that credit here. It is a good day, but it ain't a great day for you to be going in the locker room and dancing. I don't want to see all that. that we, <laughs> I agree. We, I saw the not, same we are video. not playing well. We had one good game. We need to get ready for the next one. I don't want I, to see that. And not to mention here, Odell Beckham Jr. goes down with a torn ACL. First of all, prayers up to OBJ here. Hopefully a a quick recovery for the superstar receiver here. But I will say an interesting point here. I was reading up on some of these stats and some of the advanced stats when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr. Baker Mayfield has like a 20-point differential in a QBR when Odell Beckham Jr. is not in the lineup. He does better when his star receiver is not on the field. That's a surprising and honestly concerning stat line, especially considering how much money Cleveland's paying him and how much money you're investing in this offense. That, that, I mean, that says to me, if Baker Mayfield turns it around this, in this latter part of the season here, without Ola Beckham Jr., he's gone in the offseason. There's, no oh. there's no reason for Cleveland to be paying him this much money, receiver one money, when Jarvis Landry's outproducing him in the offense. There's, there's no point. There's no logical explanation. There's no ethics to it. He's got to be gone. And there's a lot of teams that will be willing and ready to take on his contract because he is a special talent when it comes down to it. But before we move on here, I do want to shout out my guy Joe Burrow here. 35 of 46, 406 yards and three scores. He had yeah. a phenomenal football game, one of his he best really games did. as a pro. And if not for Baker Mayfield's late-game heroics, and actually, to shout out one more thing as well. <laughs> what? Go ahead, Joe. I will go ahead. Shout out, Chris. Anyway, here, Cincinnati had a shot at the end of the game here. There was a Hail yeah. Mary. There was a lot of P.I. on that Hail Mary as well. Absolutely. They could, realistically, the, all right, so let me clarify my position here. 
the NFL refs did a, a good job on this play because it should never come down to a call to determine the end of the game. I agree Absolutely. with that 100%. Absolutely. But taking that out of context here, there was a lot of pee on that Hail Mary. They probably could have gotten away with a, a, at least one play from the one-yard line with at least a couple seconds remaining. So take that what you will. Baker Mayfield still had a phenomenal game, but so did Joe Burrow. I'm just making sure I represent my guy, Joe Cool. Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say here. Anyway, yeah, here. Uh, uh, definitely, man. Definitely, man. Uh, Joe Burrow did an amazing job. I'm just happy to see that A.J. Green is getting some love now, 7 mm. for 28. You know, he still hasn't got a tub yet, but, you know, it's coming. Slowly but surely, he'll keep it going. Definitely. The Lions and the Falcons, and I laughed out loud watching this football <laughs> game. I could not believe it. They blew it again. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 90, they had a 96% chance to win the game. 96, and you blow it again. 23-22 final score. Matt Stafford, Uncle Matt, leads a comeback charge and a last-second touchdown and extra point to win the football game. If you're watching the YouTube version, you should, by the way. There's some (laughs) awesome new graphics here. But me and Chris have been laughing the past five minutes. It's just so funny. If you're a Falcons fan, I'm sorry, but it's just hilarious. It's so funny. You keep doing it again and again and again. It's It's heartbreaking if you're a Falcons fan, but if you're any other fan in the NFL, you are laughing your tits off. It's so funny to watch this football game here. Matt Stafford, 25 of 34, 340 yards and a touchdown on the day. And running the football was nothing really special either. The Lions did not do a phenomenal job in general offensively this game. They didn't. No. The Falcons defense just let up terrible, crucial plays in the worst imaginable times possible. And it's, it, there's been a theme, a common theme over the past couple of games here. Actually, Screw the past couple of games. Over the entire season, it's been a common thing. Yes, the entire season. But I just cannot believe I keep seeing this over and over. It feels like it's a nightmare for, for Falcons, man. It just keeps repeating over and over. It's like a bad horror movie or something. So and I want to talk. It might not have just been Dan Quinn. It sounds like it could have been a couple other people in there. And I want to, you want know to say? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones might be the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right now. And, and it's funny because the owner wow, came. Oh, Julio Jones had eight for 97 yards. Look, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Off of nine hear, targets. Hear me out. The owner of the Falcons came out and said, or well, not the owner, but like there was rumors leaked from the owner that they were not going to trade Matty Ice and Julio Jones for the deadline. Does that change it to this game? Because I think it should. You need to clear house, dude. Do you, you need to give this up to your GM. You need to clear house. You are one in six. You've lost four or five straight games off of nonsense, off of games you should have won 98% of the time. There is no reason to keep the band together. Matt Ryan's, what, 33 this year, 34 this year? There's no reason not to just ship him out, uh, bait for a low draft pick or a high draft pick, and draft your quarterback in the future. There's no reason you should not be thinking of that right now because this team has no future as it stands right now. So you're going to give up two of your best players on your team to get high draft to, picks, yeah, I 100% would. Then who else is going to run your team? Where else is where else, who? How how is Calvin really going to get the ball now? This well, that's a, that's a fair question. But this season's lost already. They're one in six. Why would you even try to make a comeback effort? Okay, at this point? but that's your but that's your next best player. I agree with you. I agree. So he he needs to continue getting better with somebody who is reliable. You can give Calvin. I I can see one of them. I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't give him neither one of. I mean, yeah, give him one now. Get a high draft pick, and then come later on once you draft that draft pick that you want. Then, if it's the quarterback, boom, 
then you draft a quarterback, then you let go of your 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 current. I mean, your current quarterback. I mean, I think you if you have three you high, hang on, you let the two young guys, whoever you draft as a quarterback, and then Calvin really get together, they're gonna tear it up. Especially I, with the quarterbacks that's coming out this year. That's what I'm saying. So if you have three high draft picks in this upcoming draft, and you already said it's an offensive line heavy draft, what the Falcons need desperately, you take a yeah. guard or a tackle, you take a quarterback of the future. And you take a defensive guy, which you need desperately too. Those are three areas you need to key in on. And if you have no one on the books, you're going to have three high draft picks that are going to be with your team for at least five years on low salary. That's a win-win for everybody. Three high draft picks off of Julio Jones himself. <laughs> You'll turn around and... No, you, you can't. No, you can't. What? You're telling me an NFL team... The best, the, the best, the best wide receiver in the game right now. You're not giving AB's up. AB's back again, remember? I know. I know. Oh, I got him. I got him. Look at his face. I got him. I'll say that for later. You know how I feel about AV. No, I know. I know. But <laughs> what, what I, I am trying to say is I don't really think any respectable GM would give up three first-round draft picks for Julio Jones. They'd be, they'd be lucky if they got one. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying three three uh, 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 first-round draft picks, but you need at, at, least, at least in the top three, top three drafts. Because when, when did Russell Wilson come in, uh, come in out of the third or the fourth? Actually, funny story, third round. And you want to know what's funny about that? The Jaguars traded up in front of Seattle and took a punter in the third round before Man. Russell Wilson. That's the funniest draft story of all time. A little side story there. But it's just so funny to me. The Jaguars are that incompetent. They took a punter in the third round over Russell freaking Wilson. Back That's to the game, thing. though. Final score, 23-22. The Lions just... <laughs> Stun the Falcons. That's the wrong word, actually. Stun, it would imply it's shocking to actually see happening over and over again, but it's not. It's more expected at this point. So the Lions did exactly what they were supposed to do and upset the Falcons in the last couple seconds because that's how it works with the Falcons anyway. Next game here, the Jaguars and the Chargers, which was actually a pretty exciting game in itself. Justin Herbert finally gets his first W as a starter. And I will add here, he is now, without a doubt, the leader for Rookie of the Year conversation. No problem saying it. I love Joe Burrow and everything, but he is the leader right now when it comes to Rookie of the Year. That's what I'm going to say right now. Stat line, 27 of 43. <laughs> 347 yards, three scores, no turnovers. Running the ball, even. He led the team in rushing yards. Nine carries, 66 yards in a touchdown. That's four touchdowns on the day. And I think 400 yards total. What else do you need from this guy? He's doing everything for your offense. And by the way, the number one thing he's doing that Phillip Rivers wasn't doing is force-feeding Keenan Allen the football. And it's working for this team. What were your impressions of the Chargers-Jaguars game? What does it mean for, for Justin Herbert's stock for Rookie of the Year? Uh, I think it helps him out a lot. Uh, getting if you if you get down the the, the completions twenty seven with forty three that's that's not a great game you know that's below average but you still you turn around you get three touchdowns and you run one in uh, that looks amazing and you're talking about force feeding Keenan Allen which I a hundred percent agree with I I I like seeing Keenan Allen get the ball and making something happen out of it especially with the big contract that he got he's deserving of it but you're talking about that and then the next highest person who gets the ball is a wide receiver I mean for receptions 
is uh, Joshua Kelly with mm-hmm. 12 for 29, you know, 12 for 29. Mm-hmm. Like, none of, the, none of the other receivers is eating off of this, and you need more than one person to make the thing go. Well, they're, they're missing Austin Eckler. That's the real thing. They're definitely missing Austin Eckler yeah. with that injury going on here. But I, I just want to emphasize once again, he is putting the team on his freaking back and is carrying yeah. the W. See, that's what, that's what he's doing. Yeah. And granted, before we get a lot of hate for this, I guarantee we're going to get some stuff. We're like, it's the freaking Jaguars. It's not the big of a game. Yeah, it's not a big of a game. The Jaguars stink at football as well. But what I'm saying is this is a moral victory as much as it is a real victory for Justin Herbert Absolutely. because he now is establishing himself as a quarterback that can win football games in tough situations. Absolutely. Granted, it's the Jaguars. They still made it a football game. 39-29 is a, a pretty close score considering yeah. especially where they were in the third quarter where it was pretty much neck and neck. On the Jaguars side of the football here, Gardner Minshew, 14-27, 173 yards and a couple scores. Not a bad day for the mustache himself. And running the ball, James Robinson, again, striking. 22 carries, 119 yards and a touchdown. 5.4 yards a carry here. The Jaguars, to their credit, actually had a pretty good football game. The defense just could not keep up with the weapons they had downfield with the Chargers here. So a very interesting football game for Justin Herbert and a much-needed victory for his rookie campaign. Absolutely. He said it right. He said it right about everything because, you know, Justin Herbert, he's, you know, even though I'm getting on the stat line, but overall he did, he did his thing. And uh, I give him, I give him praise for it. I give him props for it because that's not, it's not easy to do, especially as a rookie. Definitely. Uh, I knew this was going to come at some point, but I wasn't ready for this mentally. I was not ready for this mentally. Uh, Guys, I think you guys know what we're talking about here. Uh, I don't even say this, Chris. Uh, San Francisco and New England played a football game over the weekend, if you guys didn't know. Um, Chris is from Long Beach, and he is a 49ers fan. Yeah. I'm from Austin, and I am a Patriots fan. And the final score was 33-6. And I, I, Chris, you can go ahead. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about this game. You, you can go ahead and roast me, whatever the hell you want to do. I'm, I'm going to stay quiet. I mean, okay, Joe, let's talk about this game. <laughs> First off, I just want to say that we look really good, right? Because at first I was just thinking, okay, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a hard fall game. You know, we gonna come out at the end, you know, with the you know with the W. But then you know I'm looking at I'm looking at Cam Newton and I'm like, he's uh, he's playing pretty bad right now. And then as the game got on, it went on, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, no. No way, no way. I think it's really, it's just that our defense is just that good. Like, you see, we were in position for a lot of those balls that he was throwing out there, and we were making it happen. But overall, overall, I'm loving the way we play just off the sheer fact that I'm watching, I'm watching little things of how we finishing with the ball. And we're finishing with the ball running over one of your players. Like, just running straight through them. It didn't matter who it was. We're talking about the quarterback is taking hits, the running backs, the receivers. We're all delivering hits. We're not taking any of them. We're delivering all hits at the end of every play. And that's what told me that we are actually right there, even without the big pieces that we have that are injured that's on the IR that's actually going to come back uh, in a little bit. But right now, we're showing that, you know, we're a team that's meant for greatness and we show it all the time and then when we get you know other teams like the Patriots they're not as great as you would want them to be as they used to be it's clearly being shown right now that they need Tom Brady but 
Um, we were just looking amazing. I don't know. I don't. I don't even want to talk bad about your team. I just want to talk about how good my team is. We we went out there and we and we laid them flat. Like that, we gave them a goose egg, basically. Are you done jerking off the Niners now? <laughs> <laughs> you done? I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait, Joe. I know, this, I know, this is I my know. time to shine right I here. I, I knew I that this day was gonna come, and I was like, if if the Patriots. If before before this COVID stuff and this injury stuff to Cam happened, I was really like, okay, if the Patriots come over here and they really hit us in the mouth, I'm not gonna hear this. I'm not gonna hear the end of it from Joe. Mm-hmm. So I had to pray for it. I prayed for it the night before, and I was like, yeah, we need a win, Lord. Please look over me. He looked over me. He blessed me with 33 to six, and here we are, Joe, talking about your team. Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, you didn't really say anything wrong, so I can't like I can't go back <laughs> at you. Uh, but I, I will say two things about this game because I'm not gonna have to spend a lot of time on this because I am still depressed about it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Granted, he won the football game. Jimmy he, G. He, no Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Twenty twenty-five. Two hundred seventy-seven yards. No score. Two picks. Okay. Jimmy G. Everybody keeps saying like, oh, he came back at Foxborough and whooped their ass. Like, yeah, your team did. But Jimmy didn't do it specifically. I want to make that point one. Two, you talked about how, how it's like, oh, it's not it's how bad the Patriots are. It's how good our defense is. Uh, I would counter that. I think the Patriots are just that bad offensively right now. I, I will counter that right now. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> Cam Newton. I mean, and I don't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this guy. I can't do it to myself. <laughs> but Cam Newton, 9 of 15, 98 yards and three picks. <laughs> And some of the throws were just like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, like that's just, I was like, I look at the TV, like, what the hell is going on the right ground. now? Literally throwing it into the ground. the ground. And the one that really just like, let me go off the deep end, the Fred Warner pick, right? Cam Newton kind of, Fred Warner kind of goes up to the left, I mean, not Fred Warner. Cam Newton goes up to the left here. He's having under some pressure. He sees Edelman kind of, you know, shrieking towards the sideline here. He pump fakes. Fred Warner obviously sees him and follows Edelman. And instead of throwing out of bounds or running, he decides to throw it right at Fred Warner's face. Like, like what? Like, what the hell was that? Like, I'm not going to get more. My blood pressure is already fucked up, so I'm not going to talk about this anymore. But that's just a despicable game. To me, I thought that was a great play on the, on the DB to actually line it up for him to hit him in the head. That's how in sync I thought my defense was. I just think Cam Newton was that bad. They are right there. <laughs> I, I really do think Cam Newton was just that bad. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. I was wondering if we going to see Brian Hoyer at some point during the game. That's, that's how bad. That's how bad this game was. Oh, oh, man. oh man, I love this game, man. I know, sure. I know, I know. But to my credit, I did say the Niners were going to win the football game. I, I had to pick the Patriots because of our bet, but I did say I prefaced it saying the Niners were going to win the football game. So I what will. Con- I thought you was going to win the Jersey. Yeah, no, so no, I was going to, and I forgot it at my house. I'll send you a picture. Uh, I, I have one of a picture of me at like 13 years old in, the, in it. I can send you that one. You can post it on your social media or whatever. Just clown me. Yeah, I, guess, we'll I can send you that one. Yeah, yeah we'll I'll, I'll send you that one. I'll send you that one. <laughs> Uh, I'll send you that one. Anyway, here, Sunday here, a snow globe of a game, the Chiefs and the Broncos here, but it was far from a winter wonderland for the Denver Broncos. How about that analogy, Chris? I'm on fire right now. Yeah, you're on. You're on with that award. 43 to 16 final score here. Kansas City blows the tires off the Broncos here. And honestly, not much to talk about. This was going to happen no matter what you said or done or prayed or whatever the hell you did because the Chiefs are just better at football. Yeah. 
the Broncos aren't the Broncos aren't that good to beat the Patriots. Besides the point, <laughs> the Chiefs still were not going to be even competed against in this football game. No point even talking about it. Next game here. <laughs> That's it. Um, do you want to talk about it, Chris? Are you interested in talking about this game? Because I'm not. Are you? Hey. Do you want to talk about it? it? Why does the Chiefs make you so mad? Um, so I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring it up because <laughs> I don't want to bring it up because you're gonna roast me if I do. So I'm not, I'm, cause, because you for I think you forgot about it. But I'm gonna put it in my back pocket a little bit. <laughs> you bring up the film if you want. I'm putting put it in my back pocket for now. <laughs> anyway, here Sunday night football provided us one of the craziest games, uh, in really the in recent memory here. 37-34 final score. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals knock off Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in tremendous fashion. This game was up, down, sideways, triangular. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy back and forth. But the one thing I want to pick a bone with you before we get into analytics, DK Metcalf in overtime had a touchdown and a game winner. And they called it back for holding. Absolutely. NFL officials, yeah. you cannot make that call. In overtime especially, I think I think overtime and the playoffs are similar in this way. You let the players play. You don't let games be decided by phony calls like holding and, and stuff like that. If it's P.I., maybe it's different. But holding, to nullify a game-winning overtime touchdown is just a bad look for business. That's how I look at it, at least. Chris, what are your thoughts on them calling back that D.K. Metcalf touchdown, which would have given Russell Wilson his sixth or seventh victory on the season? Uh, it was a heartbreaker, but I'm not gonna blame it on. I'm not gonna blame it on the ref. I watched the replay. They showed it from a different angle. From what I seen, it looked like he was holding him, and he should have been moving his feet up the field. Like I know, uh, Pete Carroll and the uh, and the and the uh, uh, coaching staff teaches is moving your feet up the field. So that would have been negated if he had done that. And uh, uh, DK Metcalf would have had him a touchdown which would have ended it nicely because he was pretty much shut down the whole game which um brian williams my guy brian williams if you want to pull hit pull his stats up back in the day of db um i was talking to him and he was talking about uh uh, uh peterson not being as good as he used to be and it showed that he shut down arguably one of the best receivers uh that's playing the game right now yeah, and he's on my fucking fantasy team. That sucks. <laughs> it was horrible. He's on mine too. Yeah, it was horrible. He's on mine too. I, I'm, just, I'm poking him like, hey, do something. I'm just like trying to poke him and try to wake him up here. But one bright yeah. spot for Seattle. Stafford and Matthews guest number two. Tyler Lockett. Holy God. Three touchdowns. I think he had 175 yards through the air. Just a dominating. Oh, 200 yards through the air. I'm sorry. 200 yards, yeah, three touchdowns on yeah, 15 receptions. Yards. Oh, my God. They couldn't. They literally could not contain him. It was embarrassing. The Cardinals just didn't have the weapons to contain him. It was, it was horrific. It was a slaughter. It was not even fair. And obviously, it's good for, for, good for business for us because we had him on the show. But it's wow. I was just like, I would, first of all, I was thrilled for the guy. But, but just wow. I was shocked. First play of the game, even. They threw the ball deep, landing 30 yards downfield to him. Caught it almost one-handed. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a game for him. This is going to be a game for Tyler Lockett. And it was. What were your impressions of Tyler Lockett's game? And what does it mean for Seattle moving forward, knowing, knowing that they have three to four legitimate weapons downfield where they can just score at any time? 
uh, it means a lot. Uh, that's something that uh, Russell Wilson has been advocating for for the longest. Uh, you know, he was trying to be the, he was trying to push their team to be the front runners to take a B. Uh, that if you would have put them him on this team, they really would have been. Uh, they really would be lights out. Um, mm-hmm. you, but but you got to take your hat off to uh, to to the a- Arizona. They played mm-hmm. they played good and they actually played decent defense. To be honest with you, I mm-hmm. thought they were going to get blown out the water, being that that it was going to be a short week, you know, a short turnaround for them, and they was going to have to hurry up and uh, get ready for the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. they actually played really well. Baker Mayfield made some great plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. Baker, not Baker, Baker Mayfield, Buddha Baker mm-hmm. made some great plays on the defense. And, uh, you know, besides getting hawked by a freak of nature, <laughs> they actually played really good. Like, I'm not, I can't, I can't put nothing against them. Yeah, can we talk about that for a minute? DK Metcalf ran almost 98 yards and tackled one of the fastest guys in that entire defense. Yes, absolutely. Holy, holy freak. Like, he's just a freak of nature. You hit the nail around the head here. Just a specimen when it comes to football. It was just unbelievable there. But for Kyler Murray on the day, tremendous. Absolutely. That's the word I use, tremendous. You know, you can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't. It just shows that you stop one, you can't stop the rest. That's honestly what it looks like to me. They shut down DK and then Tyler Lockett went off. And then, you know, maybe next week it'll be DK's turn or even uh, uh, David Moore's turn. Definitely. Uh, you know, he's a great – he's a, he's another great receiver that's out there and that's doing good for him. So, um, he, Russell Wilson finally has the weapons that he's been looking for, and uh, I'm happy to see it, and he's using it well. I just, you know, wish they could have pulled this game out. Definitely. This is probably the best game of the year for me. Definitely. For the best game of the year. That's also biased, though, with your former quarterback. Come on now, Chris. <laughs> a little bit. Anyway. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him, I'm giving him what he wanted. He said, "I'm a receiver. I was out there. He didn't throw me the ball all the time, so <laughs> he now he got the weapons. So I guess I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the one. We'll just bring it back a tight end. Let's bring, let's bring it back a tight end. We like the flex clay, like the Claypool tight end type. You can do that, right? <laughs> Wait, well, Chris, you, yeah, you I'm not trying to find nobody. Chris, could you play right now? Yeah, absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. What's your forty right now? If you had a guess, I know you've heard run four or five around there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you could do that. Let's get you back on the roster. No, I'm not trying to do that, man. I'm out of here. (laughs) That would no, that would attest, Chris, because we're all we're all about the brand. We're all about the brand. Anyway, here, the reason why, I think the main reason why the Seahawks did not win this football game, K one, Kyler Murray, thirty-four forty-eight. 360 yards and three scores. And with the leading rusher as well, 67 yards on the ground with another score. Four total touchdowns for Kyler Murray. Just balled out on Sunday Night Football here. Absolutely. What were your impressions of Kyler Murray finally having a sort of comeback game and maybe sneaking back into the MVP conversation? Well, I mean, I just think that he's doing a, he's doing a great job of managing the team. Um, you know, he's showing a little fireness on the sideline. I was, I was actually surprised he did that. You know, you're out there full of grown, grown men who's twice your age out there, twice your size, and he's showing fire like he's the biggest one out there on the sideline. I like, I like seeing stuff like that, especially from your, from your number one quarterback. Um, he's just taking, you know, taking charge of this team and uh, putting them on his back. And he was making plays. You know, there were some things. You know, there's some times where they weren't uh, actually in sync, but. Overall, he got the job done, and that's what you asked for from your, your number one uh, quarterback. For sure. I say this game specifically for last for a reason. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
in the Las Vegas Raiders. 45-20 is the final score. And before we dive into anything, legitimate question. I need you to talk about this for me. Okay. Is Tom Brady a legitimate MVP candidate this year? He will be. Once uh, number 84 get on that field, he will be. But, I mean, overall, I think Tom Brady is actually doing really good. Like, it's starting to look like the Patriots, but with with weapons. You know, they're very efficient in what they're doing. Uh, They make sure they they give a healthy run game out there, and then they they also mix it up with the pass game going downfield. Tom Brady's throwing the ball down the field. This is something I've never seen from this guy. Me neither. And I I grew up watching him. I can't say never, but I haven't seen from him in a long time. 2007 try. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's out here throwing the ball down the field to, to Miller. The shortest guy out there on the field. He, he loves this dude. Like he's it's, every time I look up, he's the one that's running down the field, going for the deep ball. I'm like this, this guy right here out of everybody. Mike Chris, Adam, it's, Chris, it. it's it's the short white slot receiver. He loves him. Hey, yeah, no, that's yeah. He's winning. He might take that to the bank, man. Take you, you got Westworld, you got Edelman, you got Amendola, and now you got Scotty Miller. It, it all fits into the same category. Yeah, it, 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 he needs to ride this wave until AB gets there because I'm sure that that man's position is gone. For sure. But one thing before we go into <laughs> AB talk, before we get into AB talk, I do want to make a point here. Tom Brady, 33 of 45, 369 yeah. yards, four scores, no turnovers. Also added a QBC touchdown towards the end of the game. Five touchdowns. This game, and I, I, I've said it so much during the year, he has OMS. We've seen it multiple times. He's had an up and down games over and over again. And then just to bite yeah. me in the ass, comes back and throws five touchdown passes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say it right now here. Tom Brady is a legitimate MVP quarterback right now. And that's scary, especially considering what you just brought up. Yeah. Our guy, 84, Antonio Brown, has landed in Tampa Bay. Landed in Tampa Bay. Yeah. You now have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Cameron Brait, uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Miller, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy. Is this a Pro Bowl roster? Like what the hell? Like like how did this happen? Man. I really, I really, really thought AP <laughs> was gonna go to Seattle. I hey, was convinced he was I going to Seattle. And now he shows up in Tampa Bay to just another middle finger to everyone who's doubted Tampa Bay so far. What do you expect Antonio Brown to bring to this offense? Well, to be to to be honest with you, a lot more firepower. Like this guy is amazing. If you had watched him back when he signed with uh, the Patriots, with, with you guys, Patriots, and he went down to Miami, his first play, touchdown, right at the scene. Like, this guy is a human joystick. Like, he does what he wants out there. And the reason why is because he works tirelessly on his body. You know, he's one of those he's one of those ones, like LeBron James, who's friend, who spends uh, X amount of dollars on his body to make sure his body is right, and it pays off because now that he's on the field, when he's t- when he touches the field, I'm telling you, he is the best wide receiver in the game. Nobody else is beating him. And then it's it's really it's really one A A B, one one B Julio. That's how close they are. And then everybody else 
is not even close. It's not even close. And, and there's a lot of great receivers out there. Tampa Bay now has three number one receivers. And Rob Gronkowski looks like he's returning to his Pro Bowl form. Absolutely. A couple of touchdown passes, or a couple of touchdown catches, I should say, the past couple of games here. And not to mention the elite level of defense they've been pulling out the last couple of weeks as well. This team is one of the most well-rounded teams in football, and it's scary the possibilities down the road once Antonio Brown gets acclimated to the system and once they get firing on all cylinders because they haven't even hit their peak yet. And that's freaking terrifying to everyone in football. That is so, so scary. Week 7 wrapping up for Stafford and Matthews here. Just a tremendous week of football in general. And now we approach the trade deadline. Next week, we'll have a trade deadline special. But that's next week, Chris. For now, we're going to let you know who's going to win the football game here. Stafford and Matthews right now, between me and Chris, are picking anywhere between 85 to 90%. We are on fire when it comes to these picks. You got to listen to us, guys. You want some parlay hits? Listen to Stafford and Matthews, okay? That's all I'm going to say here. Because my, I'm, and, it, and, it, and it baffles me. It baffles me that I have this education here and none of my homies listen to me in fantasy. But I'm, yes, I'm in second place. <laughs> I, I I'm think, in second place. I think I'm in third or fourth right now, but I, that's because yeah. Nick Chubb would injure. That's beside the point here. Going <laughs> to the games here, week eight, halfway point of the season, essentially, if there's not a, another week 18, as has been pro- proposed because of all the COVID restrictions. But let's get into it. Falcons, Panthers, Panthers. Yeah, actually, going straight, straight with Panthers. Panthers. Literally, I think it was a .2 second break before those, those two words came together because <laughs> the Falcons will blow the game again. They're going to yeah. blow the game again. I don't, care, I don't care what you say. I don't care if Matt Ryan's better than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care if Julio Jones is better than any receiver on the, on the Panthers. They're going to blow the game. Yeah. That's the barn. That's, they're going to blow the game. Fact. That's you a fact. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. Or, uh, if you're an offensive player, you can't do nothing on defense. So. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. The Rams and the Dolphins, a better game than people realize. And Tua Tagovailoa's first NFL start after the bye week. I'm going with the Rams here. I think Tua Tagovailoa has a brutal awakening, a true welcome to the NFL moment. He's going to get sacked, I think, four times this game. A couple from Aaron Donald. Yeah, I was about to say, three of those is going to come from Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, you're talking about a real man out there, and it's going to be it's going to be hard. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing a lot of running out there. Uh, it's not going to be too many passes completed. Um, it's just going to be a hard learning, pay, a learning curve for him. But I'm, I'm excited to see him go through it because it's only going to make him better. I'm going to Rams. Patriots-Bills, 1 o'clock football here. I'm going with the Patriots because Bill Belichick owns the Buffalo Bills historically. He knows how to coach against them, and he knows what makes them tick. Tom Brady last year had a horrible series against Buffalo. Horrible. He did not play well. But we still edged them out to win. I trust, uh, I trust Bill Belichick to get enough out of Cam Newton to win this football game. I do. Not happening. Especially considering Buffalo only put up 18 points against the goddamn Jets. The it's Jets. Happening, bro. And I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Patriots here. You can go pick the Bills if you want. I'll take a free W from you. That's I'm fine. taking the Bills. I'll take a free, I'll take a free right W from you. I'll, I'll take, you know, thank the Patriots, you the, but they just showed me, even though that my team is just amazing and we showed an amazing game uh, stat-wise and talent-wise all the way around in that game, uh, still – he still looked bad. Like, he was throwing balls directly in the I dirt. I agree with you. I agree with you, boy. I would wait <laughs> for Sunday. And then you're talking about the Bills have a, actually have a good defense. So, that's Did you watch last Sunday? 
That's two. That's two elite. That's two elite defenses that you got to go up against back yeah, to back. But did you watch last Sunday? They almost lost to the New York Jets. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. No, we it's not fine. That. It's We're absolutely not fine. Patriots. We're talking about the Patriots. Sam Donald looked like a professional out there. He so was Cam Newton look like on the line. He was throwing balls on the line, and who? Cam Newton didn't look like that. Cam Newton didn't throw no balls on the line. You know what, Chris? It's not worth my time. I'll take a free W from you any day of the week. So we're going to move on here. Yeah, easy. Bills. Steelers-Ravens here. A great football game on paper. I can't wait to watch this game. But I got a hot take here. I think Pittsburgh steamrolls this team. Steamrolls. Whoa. Steamrolls. You can't can't do that now. I can say that. I just said it. Come on. What do you mean, come on? Pittsburgh, you just said they look like the steel curtain, one of the best defenses of all time, and I can't say they're going to steamroll a team that's run-dependent. I can definitely say that. What did they do to Derrick Henry last week? They shut him down. What are they going to do to Lamar Jackson? They might injure Lamar Jackson this week. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Um, Take Baltimore. I'm going, with, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Baltimore. I'm not going with the Steelers. <laughs> this is a true rivalry game. Uh, I've never been a person to be, you know, to get into rivalries and things like that. But when you're in those in those environments, you feel that passion that brews up. They just in they, they just put it in you unconsciously. Like I already know right now that the that the Baltimore Ravens, their 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 play sheet, you know, the little practice sheets. It comes up with the with the with the Steelers with the with the red X that goes right through it with the bird hanging on top of it like it is it is deep inside of me and I never I never understood why but every time I see them every time I see the Steelers like and it's going against the the the, the Ravens I know it's gonna be a fight for sure no matter how good they 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 are even when they had Le'Veon Bell and 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 uh, A B. Like, that game was a hard-fought game. They won off of A.B.'s amazing talent to get his hand, get his uh, arm over the, uh, over the line. That was back in, I think it was, what, 2017, 2018? Mm-hmm. Yep, the reach game, the reach game. Yeah, I'm like, like it's always a hard-fought game, no matter what. It's, that's just the type of game it is, and, and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that both sides are going to come in ready to play. For Fair sure. enough. I'm going with the Ravens. One of the most lopsided games in the NFL schedule. The Jets and the yeah. Chiefs. I'm taking the Jets. Yeah. I'm kidding. 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 I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm not going to talk about this game. Chiefs. Chiefs by a million. Chiefs by a billion. They might drop 60 points this game. It's going to be. They probably won't. I might. I might take. I might take Patrick Mahomes off just because it's going to be a lopsided game. Who's their backup? Who's their backup? You know. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't. Neither know. do I. He probably still put up 60 points against the Jets, though. Anyway, here, Vikings, Packers. Kirk Cousins is going to choke this game away. If he's even, in, <laughs> even, if he, even if he's in the position to win the game or even come close to competing with the game, he'll choke it away. But regardless of that, Rodgers will not give him a chance to do that anyway. Yeah, this is going to be a lopsided affair, and Rodgers is going to continue his tear and continue his MVP-type performance along with the rest of the season. I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers as well. There's no, there's no way that Kirk Cousins is going to get this game off. Not a shot. The Colts and the Lions here. You know, the Lions are hot right now. They upset the, the, the Matt Ryan-led Falcons. They had a, a win the week before that as well. I'm going with Uncle Matt. I'm riding the family. I'm going Matt Stafford against the Colts here. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going with uh, Uncle Uncle Matt as well, man. He's showing that you know he's not. He's well. He's shown 
basically his whole career that he's always had a uh, a fire lit under him, and so he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I love I love that about him. So I'm definitely going with uh, Uncle Matt. Definitely, the Raiders and the Browns here. A good football game to be sure. And this is tough for me. It really is tough for me because I just don't like picking with Baker Mayfield ever. Yeah. I hate doing it. I hate doing yeah. it. But the Raiders, like I said, after the Patriots game, have hit kind of a rut. They're like one and three in their last couple games here or last four games here. I had to go with the Browns here. I have to, I have to go with Baker Mayfield again. I hate doing it, but I, I have to go with just for like the – it's in my head right now. I don't know why because I've never had a gut feeling towards Baker Mayfield in a good way. But I'm going to have to take him right here. I don't know why. Someone's telling me right there in my ear. I don't know if it's God. I don't know know if it's somebody else. I don't know if it's the football gods. But I'm going with Baker Mayfield and the Browns here. I'm not. I'm going to let you ride that wave all the way down to to the deep sea of the ocean. Yeah, down the drain. I'm going with Las Vegas Raiders. They have shown me, especially just this past game, that – uh, that that they're out there playing their playing their butts off. You know what I'm saying? Like Derek Carr was throwing dimes out there. Like there was no, I didn't see nothing going nothing nothing wrong going on with them. They played a great game out there, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna come back again, especially with the Browns, uh, which is horrible as their, their offense is right now, uh, especially with the with the loss of uh, Odell. You know, I'm not I'm not no. Absolutely. Now, not. remember now, Baker Mayfield's actually statistically better when Odell's not on the field. I don't want to hear I'm just saying. It. I'm just saying. Work. It's not going to okay. work. Am I defending him right now? What am I you doing? Absolutely are, but that's what am I guy. doing? You, you said that was your best friend off, this, off screen. What am I? Yeah. No, I didn't. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> anyway, here, the Titans and the Bengals here to finish off the 1 o'clock slate here. And I love my guy, Joey B. But the Titans are going to annihilate this defense. <laughs> It's going to be so bad. I'm, Titans yeah. by a million. Yeah. No, absolutely. Titans, Titans all the way, man. I don't even want to – I don't even – I'm probably not even going to watch the game, to be honest <laughs> with you, because that's going to be a, that's going to be nasty. Yeah, it is. Chargers-Broncos here, first 4 o'clock game on the, on the docket here. I think Justin Herbert goes back-to-back here and gets his second victory as a professional quarterback. The Broncos just don't have it this year. There's a lot of injuries, a lot of just stuff that's not going right for them. The chemistry's not there because of numerous circumstances. I'm going with the Chargers here. Uh, I kind of want to go with – Pick the Broncos. Please pick the Broncos. I don't want to. Take them. Um, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the same way with Justin Herbert. I feel like he's going to come out striking, but is it going to be enough? Because the Broncos is a team that's always been a scrappy team, no matter what's been going on with them. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos because, you know, they've shown plenty of time after time again that they'll take the game to the tooth and nail and end up coming out with a win. You're making me a happy man this week, Chris. <laughs> Making me a happy man. Anyway, here are the Saints and the Bears. And first of all, I want to talk about one thing I didn't talk about last week here. I did not have to burn down Jared Goff's house because he took care of business. <laughs> he, he, he beat the Bears and exposed them as the frauds they are. Yep. And now, Drew Brees, you're up on my list next. You have to win this game. You have to win this game. The Bears are so fraudulent. It's not even funny. It's like, a, um, I, I don't know how to describe this here. They're worse than Bernie Madoff. That's how big of a frauds they are. I'm taking the hey. Saints right now. All right. I mean, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I'm going with the Saints as well, but not because the Bears are frauds. They are frauds. That 
because, because if the Saints are just that is just is just that good, uh, we already know that we're going to see an influx in uh, in uh, uh, Kamara, Kamara mm-hmm. and I, hopefully that the Bears know that and they'll try to put hats on them. Uh, but if not, he's just going to run through them, and it's going to be a set. It's going to be another thirty point game for him. Definitely. Thanks. A unbelievable four twenty five game here. The Niners and the Seahawks. And this yep. is probably this is probably hard for you to pick this game. I know it's you have not, no, it's really. Not. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm going to Seattle. I want to hear what your explanation is. I mean, I'm going with the Niners, and only because, like I said, we showed an amazing game. Don't get me wrong, Seattle. I'm. I, listen. This is this is coming from a guy who is speaking straight facts. Straight facts. I I'm not I'm not making none of this up. But we show. With limited with limited uh, players out there, that we are out we are out there playing extremely faster, extremely better, and extremely uh, what else? Good looking. I want let's just throw that in there. Good looking as well because that 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 burgundy and gold just sits well. It does something to me when you're running out there. You know what I'm saying? It brings back memories of 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 uh, Jerry Rice. But yeah, I'm going with I'm going with them. They have a Seattle has problems stopping stopping the run, which is something that we do a lot. Um, their pass game is subpar. Uh, you know, it's something that you know needs that needs help because Jamal Adams is not out there uh, putting fear into people in, in, into people's hearts. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to be doing a lot of play actions, a lot of a lot of runs down the field, and who's going to stop? It's going to be a good battle. I know I'm pretty sure KJ Wright is going to be trying to guard uh, Kittle's. But it's going to be hard, I tell you, because Kittles is a different type of a beast right now. And he's, you know, younger, you know, stronger and faster. You know, we all know that that's saying, you know, that that's saying that somebody is always going to be bigger, you know, bigger, stronger, faster than you. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, 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 you know, K.J. Wright's my dog, but this is going to be a hard game. I know he's probably going to be there, you know, mentally with, with some things and just beat him to the punch. But overall, I just think that Kittles is going to have a monster game overall over the whole defense. Fair enough. The reason why I went with Seattle, I think it's going to come down to a quarterback play. Russell Wilson is infinitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo. True or false? Yes. True. That's all I needed for this game. Seattle wins it. Cowboys Eagles eight twenty game. Ugh. Ugh. Why would they? Why would the schedule makers do this to us? I don't, like, I don't want to have to watch this game. It's gonna be so boring. I mean, actually, it might not be <laughs> boring. But like, I'm actually not really sure about this. I'm taking the Eagles because Carson Wentz is actually showing to me the past couple of games he is a competent quarterback, and he's overcoming his offensive line's faults. He gets Miles Sanders back. I'm pretty sure. And Dallas is starting. I don't even know who they're starting at quarterback. Yeah. I'm going with Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm going with Philadelphia as well. Uh, there's there's nothing that the Cowboys is showing me other than that the fact that I think my uh, that Zeke paid attention to my tweets when I said take some <laughs> sleeves off. You see, in the next game, he didn't have no sleeves yeah, on. Yeah, and he still stunk. <laughs> I yeah, told you a couple weeks yeah, ago, Miles Sanders yeah, is playing better yeah. than he is, and I was right. I'm just saying, Miles Sanders is playing You're better right. than he is right oh, now. Oh, I was definitely, I'm definitely, I'm still on Zeke's side. So, hey, hey, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm definitely going with the Eagles for sure. All right, all right. Monday night football here: Buccaneers and Giants. Buccaneers. I mean, not much to talk about this game as well. Absolutely. I'm interested to see how Daniel Jones handles his defense 
because he had a win against them last year. He played very, very well against Tampa last year and used Evan Engram to his advantage a lot. While the Buccaneers defense has gotten significantly better, I'm still intrigued. I think the Bucs win by a landslide anyway, but I want to see how Daniel Jones handles this kind of defense, especially considering Aaron Rodgers struggled against them. He, they, had, they annihilated Aaron Rodgers and the Packers a couple weeks ago. So if Daniel Jones can show me he can at least be competent in the, in the, the stress of this defense, I'll be happy with it. And honestly, I think that if he actually competes in this game, he saves his job for at least one more year. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't think it's I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna be uh, uh about Tampa Bay's defense. To be honest with you, I feel like he's gonna go out there and uh be you know be a, a, a facilitating quarterback as he is and mixing up with a run and a little bit of pass. But the only thing that's gonna that's gonna hamper him, which is where I'm starting to agree with you with, is that Tom Brady is on the other side, and when you're running that score up. Coaches over there scrambling, trying to figure out how we're going to get our next touchdown. Then your sequence gets thrown off. And now you're sitting up there, you're just out there on your own trying to figure out, you know, how to manage the game. That's where we need to see um, something come out of Daniel Jones. But, yeah, it's going to be a landslide for sure. Definitely. And that wraps up Stafford and Matthews' week eight predictions. As we said, next week we'll have a, a trade deadline special trying to analyze some of this stuff going on um, because it is an exciting time during the NFL season. So hopefully we can get something going on that front as well. Also, shout out to our sponsor, BostonsBig3.com shop. Uh, we have some great stuff going on right there. Obviously, our new logo has been out for a while now. We have all the hoodies, T-shirts, and stuff you need. Chris's personal line, CM13 lines, obviously on there as well. We're to work on getting him some of that merch as well. I got to meet with Baz about that. We're waiting, we're waiting on that, I guess. Um, but anyway, hopefully we got a guest for you guys coming up the next week. Hopefully we get a guy like Jermaine Curse or Frank Clark, guys we talked to in the past. Hopefully we get someone nailed down for next week. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts? No, nah, man, other than, you know, other than going to go check out Boston's Big Three, uh, you know, with all the merch that we have, especially Joe Stafford's new line that just dropped. <laughs> uh, those, it actually looks sick. You know, I want my Niners one. Jimmy uh, GQ. And then next week, uh, I, I mean, it's only right, but I feel like we should see a jersey on you next week, the 49ers jersey on you next week. I, I might go home and get it for you. I might go home right, and get cool, it for you. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Well, it, well it's, it's interesting, though, because next Tuesday's election night, so I'll be home voting anyway. So I'll, I'll grab it that and I'll send you a picture or something. So we'll, we'll figure yeah, it out there. Send a picture with you voting. Boom. Also, also, this is this is like blasphemy though. Election night's Tuesday, right? Mm. I have class registration at 5 a.m. the next morning. I'm not going <laughs> to sleep. I'm literally not going to sleep. Like, what the hell? Why would they do that to us? We And we're a political school. We have the New Hampshire Institute of Politics where they have every debate here. Trump, really? Hillary, Obama, back to like Reagan. We've had presidential debates here. It's crazy. We have, we, we have everybody here all the time. So it's oh. wild they would put registration the day after. That's, that's, that's bad on you, Sane. It's bad on you. Anyway, <laughs> Stafford and Matthews, episode eight, I believe, wrapping up here. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>